This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. The government is proposing to establish four publicly owned entities to manage the three waters, which is drinking water, wastewater and stormwater infrastructure across Aotearoa. Joining us this morning is Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate to help us understand what is happening and hopefully to dispel some not quite accurate claims you might be seeing on social media. Good morning. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Good morning, everyone. Not a problem. Lovely to be here. I just want to crack into this because it is such a a big issue um, and there's lots to it. I I just want to start with how long these water reforms have been on the cards. Um, I keep seeing it's been a surprise. Well, look, things have moved very, very fast in the last couple of three months. Um, But uh, this topic around what we need to do with our water management, how we need to look after our drinking water in particular, uh, has been going on for a very long time. In fact, I've been part of um, advisory groups at the local government level in Wellington for for, 10 years or more. And I would say... To my recollection, we put out the first draft document on water reform in 2014. 2016 was a follow-up, just to alert the sector to the fact that we need to do some, do better with the way that we manage our waters. And that, so, you know, actually, this spans two different governments, and that's the key point here. Details may be different of what's proposed, but at least, yes, yeah, since 2014, we have been considering what we need to do in New Zealand to manage our water effectively. So you've had a pretty good understanding of this from when you were uh, with the Wakato Regional Council and then, of course, you bring that knowledge with you to uh, your, your current role. Absolutely, and I'm not sure if all listeners will know, I hold another role as well. I am the co-chair appointed by the Minister, Minister Parker at this point in time uh, of the Waikato River Authority, which has a function on uh, to restore the well-being of the Waikato River. So it's largely around the Modi, the well-being um, of the Waikato River, the water quality, so I also, also wear that hat. But today I'm talking about uh, my perspective from a mayoral perspective. Okay, so can you give us, is there a, a kind of easy way to surmise why these reforms are even needed? Here in the Waikato, yeah. I guess I should be a little bit more specific there. Yeah, so let me start by saying this is government's proposal. It's very first cut at a rough and ready proposal on how water reform might be made. And, and that comes off the back of things like the Havelock, water, Havelock North situation where the water, um, well, people died and also thousands of people fell ill when the town supply became contaminated with E. coli. Then more recently we, we had lead in the water in Dunedin. But, you know, look, those events uh, are not isolated there have been many occasions around the country where there have been boil your water um, notices and there have been smaller less uh, dangerous outbreaks of E. coli up and down the country and we've seen other pollution in into our water supplies uh, so it's not only our drinking water where uh, not everybody meets the standards of safe drinking water across the country 
but it's also what we pump in terms of wastewater into our rivers, into our lakes, into the sea. And there's been um, a steady stream of um, uh, pollution events uh, here and there. And that's not as uncommon as people might like to think. So it's not just about our drinking water. We're looking at what's going into our current uh, uh, freshwater systems as well. Yes. Well, look, let me start with saying that I believe that most New Zealanders share this common view that they should be able to hold... Uh, they should be able to turn the tap on, get a glass of water and drink that straight away, knowing that that water is safe drinking water. That is not presently the case all across the country. It is the case in Hamilton. The second part is people should be able to uh, know that when they deal with their wastewater, that it's going to be treated before it ends up in a waterway, the river, the sea, a lake or any such. Uh, in terms of stormwater, Kelly, you know there's been a lot of passion around restoring the Hamilton Lake to better water quality. Uh, a large part of the problem there is that stormwater runs off uh, roads and from the hospital catchment surrounding it straight into that lake. That has all the contaminants off your motor vehicle, lead, rubber, you know, all of that kind of thing, heavy metals. Plus, of course, there's an issue with E. coli from the birds, uh, the ducks mm-hmm. and geese and so on. So water is a whole um, entity. It's a living thing. We use it. So those are the environmental things I would like people to be aware that we are trying to fix a problem whereby we are still polluting our waterways and we are still making people sick. The other reason the government is proposing change is because the economic case is really strong. And and may I just say, I have not uh, supported every aspect of this proposal at all. So I'm just telling you the facts, Mm -hmm. not... Um, my personal views on it. Uh, there's a strong economic case to save money. There's, um, many councils, and there again, not so much Hamilton City Council, but, but others, have underinvested in water infrastructure. There's $187 billion worth of spend that is coming our way over the next 30 years for New Zealand's water infrastructure. That is to make drinking water safe, that is to deal with um, the best, higher standards of wastewater, and that is to tackle stormwater. Uh, so, you know, Hamilton City Council has a lot of money in our long-term plan that, to deal with our water infrastructure requirements. It's one-third of the long-term plan costs, and we were quite clear with, about that when we put our rates bill out this year saying, you know, look, we have no choice but to deliver core functions of water, and that's going to cost the ratepayer. So there is a, and then people say, well, that that economic case is flawed. Well, this period of time is for council to check that they sent in the right data, because we sent our data in. So check that the data is right for Hamilton. Uh, have a look at the economic case, peer review it, get you know really dig into the detail. But I have to say, um, the Water Industry Commission of Scotland did the original study but it's been peer-reviewed by a couple of very reputable um, environmental um, consultancies here in New Zealand, environmental and economic consultancies here in New Zealand. So it's been looked at three times in depth, and the government believe they have a strong case for reform to save New Zealand millions and millions and millions of dollars. Okay, so if we've got the health, environment and economic reasons that we might look at water reform, 
Um, when we hear some of the concerns the community have about this proposal, and it, as you said, it is just a proposal at this point, can we talk a little bit about ownership and how that looks, but also if you could let us know the role of iwi or mana whenua in that, uh, the conversation about ownership and control as well? Well, first of all, um, the question of ownership is a bit of uh, misinformation because there is no plan in New Zealand, and I think Minister Mahuta has made it clear from day one, no one will own water in New Zealand. Water is not for sale. So uh, it won't be privatised either. She has seen the detail, and uh, we need to keep our um, pressure on that aspect of the reform. Uh, legislation will prevent privatisation, so these entities will not be able to be bought out by anyone private. Those entities will remain in the ownership of all the councils. So that's um, something that's going to be enshrined in law. And I guess that's something that we have to fight for quite strongly. We want to retain local control over our entities. And there are a lot of questions that will come up about that. I have questions about that. What's the governance structure like? In terms of iwi, we're having conversations with uh, iwi along the way. I'm, I was, again, I sit on a number of advisory groups, including one for uh, made up of the Entity B councils or the proposed Entity B councils. And we're talking about that. And alongside that, we're talking with iwi about what representation uh, they want at different parts. There is, um, there is a lot of talk about that, about it's going to be 50% of everything. That's not what I've seen at all in the model. Having said that, iwi will have their own view as to what's appropriate for them. And we will, we will um, of course, have to give effect to the Treaty of Waitangi and other aspects. Yeah. We're just focused on, Hamilton City Council is focused on what a good governance arrangement for us so that local people continue to have a say on service level delivery and the timing of um, infrastructure investment and things like that. So there's a lot going on in that space. Um, more questions and answers, and that's the whole reason that we got this eight week, had this eight weeks, which is coming to an end shortly, to, to, to look at those things. What would best governance look like from Hamilton City Council's point of view? What can we understand with uh, working, working with EWE about what their aspirations might be? But fair to say they're going to take their own case to government as they should. Okay. So we don't currently have... Um, um, we know that we'll be working with... Uh, 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 sorry, Group B. I can't remember <laughs> the right word. Oh, Entity B. Entity, entity B, B, sorry. So we will be <laughs> We've Entity talked B. about changing that name. Yeah. <laughs> we're not quite sure of what that model looks like, and that's part of why we're having the conversations now to try to make sense of that. But it has been clear no one will own the water, and it will not be pri uh, privatised, and the uh, ownership or control will remain with Entity B in, in whatever shape or form that looks like. Well, that's right. And, and, and I should mention that I guess um, councils can put up alternative proposals for the entities. The, the government has decided that four seems to work economically best with their model. But I guess we could always come back with a different scale and say, well, no, we'll work with um, our close neighbours, but we won't work across Taranaki or the Bay of Plenty or whatever. However, then you do start to lose a little bit of the economic benefit. But, you know, to me, the important bit is how do the proposed reforms strengthen and support councils? Because the last thing we want to do is to weaken the fabric of um, our council. We've mm -hmm. got to deliver on placemaking, on strategic planning. We know our communities are very best. 
we know what the aspirations of our community are. We want to deliver on other well-beings. Um, so how will this, uh, taking the water management aside, how will that enable us to focus on the other well-beings of our community and deliver? Those are really key questions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we also hear very valid concerns about this may increase the costs of our water services mm. in the short term. Is that accurate as far as you can see with the information provided so far? Yes, the costs of water are going up, partly because of this um, uh, lack of investment in the past and partly because the standards for wastewater, drinking water, off the back of those events I was talking about, those poisoning events and such, have become higher. Having said that, uh, in Hamilton, or and probably most of the Waikato, um, our costs were going to go up anyway. Why? Because we have to invest in a whole lot of new water infrastructure in new subdivisions like Peacock, Rotokauri, Ruakura. They're all growth areas. We're trying to build affordable houses as quick as we can, and we need water to do that. We need the water services in there. We'll have more houses in Hamilton. We'll need to treat more water. We can't put it into the Waikato River because... Uh, the vision and strategy for the Waikato River uh, in law uh, says that the river must be restored. Uh, so, you know, all of those things fit together. Let me just give you a financial example. And our staff have looked at, uh, provided the data and feel that these uh, figures are largely accurate for, for now. So um, the dashboard that the DIA put together shows that uh, we would, without reform, uh, end up in about 20 years with $2,740 um, average average household rate, rate, uh, water costs. At, with reform, that would be 1220 At the moment, the average average um, house is paying somewhere between $800 and $800 a year. Dollars a year for their water services. So and Hamiltonians must remember they are already paying for water services. And with the huge LTP that we've got, the huge growth pressures that we've got, the requirement to lift our standard with things like wastewater and stormwater, uh, Phuketi coming to the end of its capacity and we need to extend that. The fact that we need a wastewater plant in the southern part of Hamilton to enable the airport precinct and housing out there to grow we already knew rate, uh, costs were going up. So yes, rate, rates will, if we retain water um, management and water charging, your rates will go up anyway. Without okay. reform, they go up less. <laughs> okay, so it's not quite true that there'll be an increase to the cost as a result of these reforms. So, no, 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 not, not specifically, no. Okay. The rates will go up anyway. And um, I, I guess, having said that, some of those people who are talking about the rates increase are accurate in, accurate in one thing, the rates will increase. And I'd love to say it wouldn't, mm. um, because what mayor doesn't want to hold the rates? Yeah. Uh, but we've got a lot of work coming our way. In Hamilton's case, a lot of it is to do with new growth areas. But, Kelly, if you consider some places like Hamilton East, some parts of Melville, um, we've got very, very old water infrastructure under the ground there because those are very old parts of the city. So we've got a pretty ambitious program to take out all those old clay broken pipes, many of which are leaking, and to put in the new, um, bigger future capacity pipes 
so that we can have infill housing as well. Mm -hmm. Because at the moment, in some of our areas, uh, we wouldn't be able to have too much more infill because we would start to struggle to supply water and to deal with the wastewater. Okay. Do you think we run the risk of politics getting in the way of good decision-making here? Um, well, I'd like to hope not. Um, all across the country, Kelly, this um, issue has divided people politically, and there is a pretty blue uh, blue-red split on this one. Mm. Um, other mayors are telling me exactly the same. There's a backlash. Uh, we've got to get past that and ask good questions for the debate next week in council. And I do want to be really clear about that debate. The purpose of that meeting only is to inf to provide feedback to government on this first rough proposal that they've put out in front of us to shape a more uh, formalised, detailed proposal that will come back out and that's the point we will start um, consulting with the public more widely. Yeah. I don't think the DIA has done a very good job of um, information sharing with the wider community. It's their proposal, it's government's proposed change. They should be sharing information more widely than they have in my view. But having said that, our function is to look at every detail of the proposal, really get stuck in and consider what is best for Hamilton in the future. And that's what is best at delivering lower costs across time, higher standards of water, greater investment into water. And we should just have an open mind. So on um, the 30th, my expectation is that council laws will demonstrate the ability to drive some to ask some hard questions, because that's what we're there for, but also to retain an open mind and send some feedback down to government about what we believe will be the best outcome from Hamilton okay. and the wider region that we work with. And of course we can watch that on <laughs> the live stream Absol if we're so inclined. Um, but if Absolutely. you want to get a bit more information, we can go to your website. I'm just aware that we've run over time. Um, PaulaSouthgate.co.nz, you've got a, some blog posts there which give some really great links of overseas examples as well uh, where they've had yeah. these sorts of reforms and what we can learn from them. And I found that really helpful. Just before we go, um, what other reforms should we just put at the back of our mind uh, that are on oh. the way? Look, this is part of a suite of, of three big reforms, if you like. Um, uh, the water was the first. Now, we've argued they should have all come together and sort of dovetailed. But however, this is the point we're at. We've also got the review of the Resource Management Act, where they're going to look at the environmental provisions and the built environment provisions. Uh, so that's pretty big because it will make some difference to what gets delivered at a regional scale and what mm. delivers, gets delivered at a local it will have a huge impact on people's ability to do their business. Businesses have been crying out for things to be made a little bit more streamlined and easier. So that's the time we have that conversation. And the final um, reform, which has already started going up and down the country with the Commission uh, exploring um, ideas with uh, local councils, is the local government reform. So that's what, uh, basically, what's left of local government, how's it best delivered to the community. And that's not about changing all of New Zealand into one massive super city or many super <laughs> cities. It's about how we give best effect to local democracy because the government know and accept that we are here to deliver well-being for our community. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate. Thanks, Kelly. Bye. 
Uh, so again, that was Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate giving us an overview that we need on the proposed, uh, the government proposed water reforms, um, why we need them, um, and what it may or may not look like if we are under Entity B. But there is a lot of information online. You can head to uh, Paula's website um, or government website. Just try to avoid social media um, and try to look for the facts uh, rather than uh, the politicking that inevitably does happen when there's really um, emotive issues that we're talking about being water and anything that can impact on our rates. We get really uh, anxious or upset about that. So please just be mindful of understanding what is actually happening um, and making sure that you are involved when it comes back out to consultation for us. And of course, here on FreeFM, we'll keep you up to date with that. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.